this morning, uh, we have the privilege of speaking to uh, Justina Mukoko now. Um, she is a, a civil rights, a human rights activist in Zimbabwe. And she's going to talk to us about her story, uh, the ordeal that she lived through, uh, telling us about I suppose I could say her view, but it's not her view. It's her lived reality of what Zimbabwe is today. Uh, Justina, thank you so much for coming through. Thanks, Sakina. Thanks for inviting me. And um, I believe it was those platforms and those campaigns that resulted in me being able to face you in studio today. The noise made the difference. And... um, I think I sat down to write my story, um, to talk about what I went through. Because having come out of the ordeal, I've never had the opportunity, Sakina, to tell the entire story to the world. All the time, there are time limitations. So I thought I needed to sit down, pen to paper, and uh, fill in the gaps Mm. where people did not know what happened after December 3, when they thought Justina Mukoko had died. And um, just to say, the book is going to be available in bookshops in South Africa from tomorrow, April 20. And I'm excited about this because the story needed to be told. Um, I really don't know. I don't know what crime I had committed. I'm a human rights activist involved with an organization called the Zimbabwe Peace Project, which monitors and documents human rights violations, the majority of which are perpetrated by the ZANU-PF party and also by the state. And um, I believe that is the crime that I committed as a broadcaster When I joined the Zimbabwe Peace Project, I thought that um, the information that the organization has got is like um, a gold mine. And I needed to decide how we were going to market that information. And I was able to profile some of the the information. Mm. And come end of 2008, I was a target of the state. And to think of it, on the 3rd of December 2008, my vacation was supposed to start. So when my son barged into my bedroom to say there were visitors at the gate, I didn't want to be bothered about attending to visitors at 5 a.m. in the morning on a day when I wanted to sleep in. But that was not going to be because within seconds, my son was back and said, The visitors at the gates, mommy, are actually police officers. I didn't think much about it then, Sakina, because I thought probably there'd been a neighbor who had had a robbery during the night. Mm. And maybe the police wanted to find out if I had seen anything. But to my surprise, as I walked um, towards my kitchen, there were these six men and a woman who were panting towards me. I recognized that they were not in a friendly mood. And when I confirmed that I was Justina Mukoko, I had two men holding either of my hands. And in no time, I was forced marched out of my house, barefoot, in night clothes, without my glasses. And I was bundled in in an unregistered vehicle and drove away. Um, I think for about 35 to 40 minutes, lying on the lap 
of a man that I had never seen in my life because I was now flanked by two men, one on the right, one on the left. And uh, there was a rifle Mm. that was on the floor of that vehicle that took me from home. And that was the beginning of my incommunicado detention because for the next 21 days, I didn't know what was happening outside. I didn't know um, if my family knew what had happened to me. My my lawyer didn't know where I was. I had no access to the outside world. And I was actually threatened with death. I was told that I only had two options, either becoming a state witness or going extinct. And I was told that I was going to be buried around the building of the house where they kept me. And this person who was giving all these uh, threats to me actually told me that he was not um, controlled by the 48-hour or 96-hour rule where if you have arrested someone, Mm. you have to present them in court within 48 hours or 96 hours if you then seek for extension in a court of law. I think that was the worst drive that I've ever experienced. I had no undergarments. I had my night clothes on, but I had no undergarments. And a lot was going through my mind. These people were not talking. They were just using signs to communicate between themselves. And uh, after several minutes, I think we were now getting to our destination, I was blindfolded. And I knew from the time that I saw the rifle, being blindfolded. I knew this was no ordinary arrest. But I was still not sure who are these people? Are they ZANU PF militia? Are they the Central Intelligence Organization? Because I think they mm. are the ones that we know are doing <laughs> do mm. a lot of these things. And Were you hoping um, that it was one above the other? Not really, because I think the way that they treated people in their care was more or less the same. Um, And um, I think what also kind of made me afraid was the loud music in the vehicle. I'm not sure what that was supposed to to do. And um, when we got to the destination, I recognized that there was music in the vehicle that was also loud. And at this facility, there was also very loud music music. I think my my mind had all these thoughts about why am I in this position. The previous day I had presented a paper um, at the Women's Coalition of Zimbabwe function where they were launching the 16 days of activism against gender-based violence. And here I am a woman during 16 days of activism And I'm facing state violence.